0: because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Therapy for Your Money. Uh, Today's an exciting episode for me. For the very first time, we have Jackie Kiefer on the podcast. Hi, Jackie. Welcome.
1: Hi, I'm happy to do this with you today.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, So Jackie is one of our team members at Green Oak Accounting. She's been on the team for a few years and Became one of our accounting managers a little bit earlier in 2022, um, and I love Jackie. She's so bubbly. She's always got a lot of energy. Always a smile on her face, and she's just a, a get it done kind of person. Um, and Jackie, you have what, five dogs?
1: I do. Yes, five. Five, dogs. five large dogs.
0: <laughs> five large dogs. Jackie is the ultimate dog lover, um, and is based out of Florida from our team. So, Jackie, hello and welcome. Hi, thank you. (laughs) All right. So today we're talking about a a topic that's kind of near and dear to your heart. Uh, We're talking about maximizing the revenue of a group practice specifically. Um, So tell us kind of how you work through that big problem uh, with your clients.
1: Yeah, the first thing I usually do is ask what the expectations are for each person they have on their team. Um, sometimes I get an I don't know. Sometimes I get kind of a rough estimate of what they think they should be seeing. Um, but for the most part, if they're part-time, they should be about 12, uh, 10 to 12 people uh, per week is the expectation at part-time, um, about 20 to 25 on a full-time clinician. At those numbers, with a good compensation plan, we can see maximizing revenue across the board and then anything above and beyond that they do is just kind of the icing on the cake at that point. Got it. Um, Yeah.
0: And when those numbers apply to the practice owner as well?
1: Um, Not as much as you think. So on the smaller practices, I would always tend to see them seeing more people just because you know, they're trying to pick up the slack for that additional. If there's only one or two clinicians that they have, a lot of times the owner is seeing the majority of the clients still, uh, but the bigger the practice gets, that number shrinks. And I start talking to them about, okay, what's your target goal? It's fine to say five (laughs) because they are still doing the majority of the admin, the clinical directing work as well um, until they hire a clinical director um, they will they will still see, you know, quite a few people in the practice. But I always try to get them down to a manageable number the bigger the practice gets
0: as well. Got it. And, and sometimes zero clients is the answer too, right? For the larger right. for practices. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what has been kind of one of the bigger surprises um, for your clients when you start really digging into those numbers?
1: Yeah, it's just the, we kind of look at it from a week basis and a yearly basis, and then kind of drill down to a monthly basis. So if the clinicians aren't seeing as many people as they need to see, there are thousands of dollars that can be lost each week at minimum. Um, If they're expected to see 20 and they're only seeing 10, you're approaching the part where you're going to start breaking even on that person and not making money for the practice. So that's something that I really emphasize with our group practice owners is make sure you know exactly where your clinicians are. and it's okay to have those conversations and say, hey, you know you're not seeing as many as we would expect, you know what's going on? There may be you know issues going on that you're not aware of. So that's always a good time to have a conversation with your clinician just to see where they're at and see what their what their expectations are. They might not be aware of what yours are either. So it's a good time to just kind of take that chance and talk with them and figure out what's going on. I've had a lot of pushback from people where their clinicians aren't wanting to see more. And a lot of times, as hard as that is, losing some of those is kind of what the practice would need if they're part-time and they're seeing less than you know eight. If they're at five people, that's The practice is losing money and so as hard as that is to kind of reconcile it's a good conversation to have just sort of see where the clinician is at and then you can proceed from there.
0: Yeah. And I would say it's really important for the clinician to know what that expectation is, because sometimes it's just a, uh, internal to the practice owner. And maybe that has never even been communicated. Right. So if they don't know what the expectation is, how can they meet your expectations? That's really, (laughs) that's really hard to do, but sometimes just having that conversation alone is enlightening to troubleshoot. Like why, why are you not where you expect, or do you not have enough slots open on the schedule? Um, Are you not getting enough or do you have plenty of slots open, but uh, the intake team isn't scheduling anything? Like what is the the problem, the problem that is happening? Uh, Where would you say is kind of the break-even point as far as a part-time clinician? Because we get that question a lot, right?
1: Yeah. So if they're an independent contractor, you can get away with right around eight. If it's a W-2 employee, you're going to want them to see between 10 or 11 as the break-even point since you have to worry about payroll taxes and things like that. So I always really make sure that people are aware if they are hiring, try to stay away from the part-time people. I know that that's sometimes a hard thing to do because a lot of good clinicians just they kind of want to stay or they have other stuff going on, but it's really important to know those numbers and where the practice is at before you bring a part-time person on just to know, okay, I don't you know want to just pay them to see people. You know They need to kind of be able to bring some money into the practice too.
0: Yeah. And what, what kind of fixed expenses are you considering when you look at those break-even numbers?
1: Yeah, we're looking at everything that kind of goes into having a clinician in your practice. So everything with overhead. So you have, you know, the software expenses, the advertising expenses, um, you know, like the psychology today, all of the advertising that goes into it, all of the office expenses that you have, that you deal with for all of those people. So everything that your practice uses to run If they don't help offset some of that, that's where that break even is really, really important. Um, And then, you know, anything less than that, and you're losing money on that particular person.
0: Yeah. And I I would also say this is less financial, but there's certainly a mental load to managing a lot of part-timers. It's easier to manage three full-timers than six part-timers just from a relationship standpoint, right? Like, do you see that in, in a lot of your clients as well?
1: I do, um, because practice owners are constantly worried about what their part-time people are going to do next. So it's not like they have a full buy-in with the company either. Yeah, that's a good point. So if you're part-time, you have your hands in other things. And so it's not like you have like this dedicated therapist that's going to be, you know, have take that ownership in your company too. And so that's where that is, I think a lot of mental load. It it adds to it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I want to go back to something you said earlier. Um, if a client isn't meeting their their expectations as far as sessions per week, uh, you, you're, the practice is leaving thousands of dollars per week on the table. Uh, and really, time is an expiring inventory, right? When we think of a therapist schedule, like if that hour is not "quote unquote" sold, just like an airline flight, like if you don't sell the seat you can't just put it back on the shelf and then bring it back out later and sell it. Like it's just gone. It's gone forever. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, so what are the, some of the tools that you use or some of the ways that you look at that kind of performance and, and who's doing good, who's doing well and who's not?
1: Yeah. Well, at Green Oak, we have the practice performance tracker, which anybody that's in our, you know, group practice full service has seen. Um, And they, we have several different tabs. There's a clinician data tab where we pull stuff directly from the EHR revenue per month. We have uh, what your expectations are. We track that and we keep that in there so we can kind of, you know, pull that into the different tabs to, to get an answer for, what we're looking for, Um, a capacity analysis, which basically breaks down what you're expecting them to see and shows you in real numbers what you could potentially make from them in a week, in a year, or in that particular month that we're looking at. And so all of those numbers work together to work towards the team performance tab where we can look at the capacity percentage that we have. So if somebody's at 30% consistently of capacity, we know based on what you've told us what their ex- expectations are, they're not meeting those. So that's something that we can help kind of drill down to to make sure that, you know, if if there's not a way easily for you to take a look at that, we can put all those numbers together and Absolutely, show you. Hey, this person's been at thirty percent capacity for the last four months. There probably needs to be a conversation here. Um, alternatively, if we see people above and beyond, like one hundred and fifteen percent to one hundred and twenty percent, that's not a necessarily a good thing either. Um, that's a good sign of burnout potentially if they are co- consistently seeing and if they're, you know, a full-time clinician that's seeing more than twenty-five sessions a week. That's a good conversation starter too. Are you okay? (laughs) Do we need to do something about this? Um, Because a lot of times people don't know they're in burnout until it's too late. And so it's always a good thing to have kind of your finger on the pulse of either not enough capacity or way too much.
0: Yeah. And we actually have a burnout episode planned for, I think it's going to be our very next uh, podcast episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But as we wrap up today, Jackie, is there anything you want group practice owners to know about just managing their team and managing expectations on their team? Mm -hmm.
1: I would say, even though it is very difficult to have some of those conversations with your clinicians to say, Hey, you know, what's going on. It always builds a team's morale. If they feel like the practice owner is as invested in their health and their well-being one way or the other as they are. Um, because it does, it does make an impact when you sit down and are able to talk to them and say, hey, you know, I noticed things have kind of been falling off here, you know, or something's happening that's a little bit different. Um, having the ability to know those numbers and see that on a black and white, you know, number basis can kind of give you a good toolbox of information to kind of enter that conversation. And help that person if they need it, or um, you know, it kind of helps you identify the, the places in your practice where you may need to make changes. So it, it's a good tool either way, um, just to kind of know where your expectations are. Make sure they know where their expectations are as well, and kind of get your practice moving in a better direction. If you know revenue-wise, if it's if there's been cash flow issues as well.
0: All right, thanks for coming on, Jackie. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> if you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. we really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.